The Network Live. News, insights, and stories right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Don't miss this opportunity to hear world news, insights, and stories from guests around the world. The Network Live is your pathway to connecting people and ministries. Good morning and welcome to the Network Live. I'm your host, Debbie Rule. Today we'll be hearing a message from Pastor Kent Christmas. Well, I'm glad I could be with you tonight. And um, I've just been mulling so many things over in my spirit, as, as many of you have. And so I feel like I'm on a mission this evening to really release what I believe God is saying. Uh, scripture talks about that God's people um, become destroyed because of lack of knowledge. And I'm getting so many emails. Uh, thank you for all of you that support us and support and encouragement. It means a lot to me personally. And um, I find a lot of you, it's not that you don't believe the word of the Lord. You just, you need some understanding. You know, where are we at now? and what, What's going to happen? And so uh, the way you keep your faith is that you have understanding in the spirit realm of what God is doing and so uh, God many times will let us understand the way he moves in the present by taking us back to how he's moved in the past he uses patterns and so something just began to kind of be birthed in my spirit the last couple of days and it really has taken on some clarity and so I want to share with you uh, in the scriptures we're going to go from the book of Genesis all the way to where we are right now. And so uh, I'm going to try to just enclose a whole bunch of information in a short amount of time. Um, the Bible says this about in the last days, that Jesus Christ is going to come back and after the devil has been bound by a thousand, for a thousand years by one angel that Jesus is going to rule on the earth from Jerusalem for a thousand years. And so what you and I are seeing right now in the political realm, not just in the United States, but around the world, and you've probably heard this term globalism. And it basically, this is what it boils down to. It is an attempt to rule the earth by one government, one currency system, uh, and then the people are under complete control by this system and freedom really doesn't exist and it's a, it's a means of controlling humanity on the earth that's what globalism is and that's eventually that's where we're going we we can delay it but we cannot stop it because the scripture says it has to come to pass the antichrist is going to rise up and and all of these things and i'm not an eschatology teacher so i don't want to really dip in that pool today but um there's always been a battle from the very beginning of time for the enemy to have a global rule over the earth. And the reason he is trying to 
insert globalism right now is because he's trying to stop Jesus Christ from having a global government. When Jesus Christ comes back to the earth, there will be no devil, no abortion, no murder, no sin, and uh, no false religions, no corrupt politics, because Jesus Christ will rule and reign over the earth and everything will be under his feet. So ultimately, that is globalism. But it comes out of heaven. It's Jesus Christ ruling and the peace of God being in the earth. So right now, the battle that we are in is for the saint to take control of the earth. And so, uh, restoration always starts in darkness. And so we go, let's go back to the book of Genesis. And you can, you can read this. And the Bible says, and the earth was without form and darkness is upon the face of the deep. And that's when God steps up and the first thing that he does is he says, let there be light. So God starts restoration when it's dark. And he begins to declare, let there be light. And of course, we know the creation story. He begins to create things. But on the sixth day, then God is culminating everything that he's done his purpose in creating man and he says to man he says you are to have dominion over the earth a global control and he said you are to subdue the earth that the whole earth is to be under Adam's authority well the reason God made Adam in his likeness and in his image is because ultimately that's the only way that you can control the earth is you have to have a God nature and a God likeness now, the Bible says that God has given Adam dominion over the earth, and in this picture is the devil. He wants the dominion over the earth, but he knows that he can't just take it. That's not possible. That's not God won't, won't honor that. But the devil is smart. He knows this, that if I'm going to get dominion over the earth, then I have to get Adam to give it to me. And so this is, and I, I'm, I'm giving you these points because I'm going to bring back later and give you some understanding of what we're dealing with right now. So the enemy, the way that he attempts to bring Adam into this trap without him understanding that he is going to release the dominion of the earth to the enemy, to the devil, is that the devil does it by beginning to challenge the word of the Lord. And he knows that if he can get Adam to begin to doubt the word of God, that Adam will relinquish his dominion and not really realize it. So the weapon that the devil uses to try to take dominion over the earth, we can call it global dominion, is that he creates unbelief. And he begins to get Adam and Eve to doubt the word of the Lord. And he would challenge what God said. And he would say, well, no, God didn't say that. But it was always about if the enemy can get you to begin to doubt the word of God and unbelief begins to rise up in you, then what happens is you lose your authority. And you cannot have dominion over the earth without authority. And so we know the story that he tricked them into. He deceived them. The Bible said they, that Eve was deceived by, by Satan and she doubted the word of the Lord. And when that happened, unbelief came in. And when the unbelief came in, she doubted the word of God. She sinned. And the moment she sinned, 
the authority that they had for global domination by the Spirit of the Lord shifted from Adam and Eve and it went to the enemy. I think it's in the fourth chapter of the book of Matthew that Jesus, and we're going to touch on this in a minute, but Jesus and the devil are having a dialogue. And this is what the devil said. He said, he showed Jesus the kingdoms of the world and he said, all of these things have been given to me. How were they given to him? Adam relinquished them. The devil can never take your authority. Believers that don't have any authority, it's because unbelief rules in their life. And uh, the word uh, where he said the kingdoms have, he said to Jesus, he used the word, he said, they've been delivered to me. And if you go back to the Greek, it literally breaks down to this. Through betrayal, I was given an advantage. You say, well, you know, unbelief's not that bad. Yes, it is. We are betraying God when we begin to doubt his word. And when you doubt the word of the Lord, you give the devil at advantage. This is why the Bible says, give no place to the devil. Because the moment that unbelief gets in your heart, you can no longer believe this book. And so the book no longer is a weapon in your life. And this is why in an hour that we're in, I want to encourage you, hold on to the things of God. So now we know this, the Bible says that when Adam lost dominion and the devil took control of the earth, the first thing that happened was God said the earth is cursed. He said stuff's going to come out of the earth that should have never come out. He said you're not going to be blessed. You're going to have to suffer. You're going to toil. Why? Because any time the devil rules over this earth, it's cursed and all kinds of heartache and sorrow. And that's what you're seeing right now on the earth and in this nation. All kinds of things are happening. Now you got, let's go to the end of the Old Testament. The Bible says that uh, between, uh, historians will teach you this, between the book of Malachi and the book of Matthew, from the, from the writing of Malachi to the time of John the Baptist is about 420 years. And they call it the 400 years of silence. And one of the reasons they call it the 400 years of silence, that gap, uh, between Malachi and John the Baptist was because in that time God did not raise up any new prophets and he did not reveal to his people any new thing and so it was like God was silent okay and the earth is being ruled by the enemy now God comes back and he begins to say I am going to take the earth back I'm going to take the authority that was delivered to the enemy, to the devil, by betrayal of Adam, and I'm going to recover that. And so, again, the pattern, whenever God begins to, to restore something, it always starts with prophecy. Even in the book of Genesis, the Bible says this, that God said, he would always say first. What was that? God was prophesying. He said, let there be light. And then the Bible says there was light. So even creation was started by prophecy. So now you go way back to the end of the Old Testament and you come through the 400 silent years. And on the scene, 
The first time silence is broken in the New Testament. Who is it? God raises up a prophet, John the Baptist. And John the Baptist breaks the silence in the atmosphere. And he begins to say, prepare ye the way of the Lord, for there's coming one who is much greater than I. And then this is why John was so great. He said, I must decrease and he must increase. Where right now we're seeing a whole lot of men uh, apologize for the prophetic word of the Lord. They're backtracking. And I can tell you this is why it's happening. Number one, they never truly believed it way down in their heart. And as long as it looked possible by the hand of man, they were able to begin to declare prophetically. But prophecy, the prophecies that I release, I didn't write them. I am relaying a message that I heard in the Spirit. And God has always used me prophetically in a certain dimension. And, and what I'm doing now is I'm working off the same pattern that I did for the last 35 years. And I told my wife, I said, if I'm wrong on all of these prophetic words for the last few months, it's because God's changed the rules on how he talks to me and he didn't tell me to change the rules. Well, I don't think God changed the rules. Anytime a man of God or somebody who proclaims to be a prophet and prophesies and then when things look like it's not going to happen, they begin to apologize and flip-flop. It's for this reason. They are trying to salvage a ministry. They are not willing to lose their ministry. Well, number one, true men of God do not have a ministry. I am crucified with Christ. We're not here to promote ourselves. We're here to promote Jesus Christ. Paul said, I am willing to be a fool for Christ and that to rejoice when we suffer for his name's sake. And the Lord said that rejoice when men revile you and say all kind of manner against you evil. He said, for so did the prophets. He said, but great is your reward in heaven. So don't put everything to bed just because it doesn't look like it's being fulfilled. God's ways are not our ways. And so God comes on the scene. He's back to restoration. So he starts it off with prophecy. And he raises up John the Baptist. John the Baptist comes on the scene. And he really, nobody knows who he is. He doesn't fit the system. He doesn't dress like everybody else. He doesn't talk like everybody else. He doesn't come out of the temple. The Pharisees hate his guts. He's, he's eating crazy food and dressed in gopher skins. And he comes out and he's preaching a message nobody wants to hear. He's, hearing, he's preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And God raises him up. And so prophets, whenever God begins to really put the emphasis on prophecy, and see right now the debate in America is all oh, the prophetic word that's being released, whether it's me or Dutch Sheets or Hank Kuhneman or, or other great men of God. The, the prophetic word is being tried. It's being tested. Hold your ground. Because it means when God begins to bring the prophetic to the forefront, it always precedes revival. You cannot have revival without there not first being a prophetic utterance. And what God is releasing, He is setting the stage for the greatest outpouring of the Spirit of the Lord that we've ever seen. And so, uh, the devil goes back to using his same weapons, his same tools. The, the old saying is, if it if it's not if it's not broken, then don't try to fix it or change it. Well, the devil is going to use the same weapon on John 
that he used on Adam. Because the Bible says that at, towards the end of John's ministry, and he has really been used by the Lord, <clears throat> um, doubt comes in. And he hears about Jesus. And he asked his disciples, he said, I need you to go ask Jesus. He said, ask him, is he the Christ? Or should I be looking for another? See, here's what happened. The devil was trying to get John to embrace unbelief. Because the moment that John would embrace unbelief, then people would begin to question the prophetic word that John had released. And see, Jesus said this about John. He said, there's never been a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he said, he who is least in the kingdom of God is even greater than John the Baptist. And so when he comes and he asks, he asks Jesus, he said, are you the Christ? The enemy is coming after John with everything he has. Why? Because he hates him. Uh, in fact, at the beginning of the 400 years of silence in the book of Malachi, this is the last thing God talks about. It's the last voice you hear of God for over 400 years. He said, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of that great and dreadful day of the Lord. So prophetically, what the Lord is saying, that coming dreadful day of the Lord, and the day of the Lord is mentioned 23 times in the scriptures, and it's talking about the day that we're getting ready to come into. He said, I am going to send Elijah. Well, the disciples understood. It said that he wasn't speaking of Elijah the prophet in the Old Testament. He was speaking of John the Baptist. But he said, John the Baptist is coming with an Elijah anointing. And whenever the Elijah anointing is loosed in the earth, the political system hates it. That's why Jezebel tried to kill Elijah. He, she hated him because he was releasing an anointing in the earth that wasn't just about a person, but he was changing a nation that did not know who God was. And when that Elijah anointing got loose in the earth and fire fell down from heaven, Israel begins to say, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Can I tell you by the Spirit that that sound's going to come up again in the earth because God raised up an Elijah anointing. And when he comes back to fixing what Adam gave away, he looses the prophet because there has to be a prophetic declaration in the Spirit for God to begin to recover and to restore. And we know that John died, but he died in faith. But Jesus said this to the disciples. He said, I need you to go back and tell John, blessed is he who is not offended in me. And some of us need to get a hold of this. There's too many people in this hour right now that are questioning the Lord because it's not turned out on their timeline or their way and they're saying well I don't know if prophecy's real or if God's doing anything you mean you need to be careful that you don't let the enemy make you offended at God because the word offend it literally means to trip up and to fall and the Bible says this in the hour that we're in there is going to be a great falling away 
because people are going to be offended at God because we're in a season in which God is not performing to man's expectations and to man's method and to man's interpretation. And so what it's done is it's making people have faith. Well, God right now is uncovering people that have faith and people that walk in unbelief. And I can tell you this right now, that God is making everybody get on a side. And any time you try to salvage a ministry by compromising the word of the Lord and walking away from faith and standing with God, the first thing that eventually is going to happen is you are going to be forced to embrace the policies of a liberal individual or a liberal government. And men who never thought that they would champion homosexuality and abortion and all of these things, if you truly if God is not sustaining your ministry and you have to sustain it, then you're going to have to embrace the liberal policies of an ungodly government in order to keep your ministry alive. The Bible says this, except the Lord build a house. They that build a house labor in vain. I would rather have God sustain our house than us have to sustain it ourselves. And so, um, Remember I told you that in Genesis, when God starts restoring, it starts in darkness. In Matthew, um, I think, yes, same chapter. The Bible says this, that when Jesus is coming on the scene and John came and began to prophesy, what is the setting? The Bible said that people set in great darkness. And another one talks about Jesus said the light was shining to the world and the darkness comprehended it not. And so we're, we're seeing the second restoration of God and it's sticking to the pattern of the first one with Adam because now Jesus comes on the scene he is preceded by prophecy he's coming in a time when great darkness is in the earth and apostasy is in the earth and a religious system has deteriorated to where there's not a, a smell of God within a hundred miles and Jesus comes on the scene all right he's the last Adam what happens the devil goes after Jesus just like he went after Adam. And we find this in the fourth chapter of Matthew. And some of the other gospels chronicle this. But the devil comes after Jesus. And what does he do? He attempts to lose unbelief in Jesus by challenging the word of the Lord. That's what he does in that time in the wilderness. He begins to challenge God. He tempts Jesus. And another, he says this. He also did this. He tried to get Jesus confused on who he was. And he said, if you be the son of God. See, that's what's happened. He's trying to get some indecision there and begin to question. Listen, you need to, you need to make up in your mind, I am a child of God. I'm rooted and grounded on the word of the Lord. I am not moved by what man can do to me. I know who I am, for as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. But the enemy is established in a pattern here. This time, the last Adam does not fall into unbelief. But Jesus said, hallelujah. He never left the book of Deuteronomy and he defeated the enemy simply by quoting the word. It is written. It is written. It is written. That's what he declares. And when he does that, the Bible says the enemy is defeated. And for the first time in a long time, the devil loses the fight. And the last Adam arises to the occasion and Jesus begins to move the powers of darkness and his ministry is preceded 
through John the Baptist, but it is an Elijah anointing. All right, I bring you all that to bring us up to where. Where are we now? We are, we are at the end of where the Genesis started. This whole thing that we are experiencing right now with political upheaval and abortion and all of these other things, it's about global dominion. Not in the terms of the church is going to rule in government and all that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a spiritual dominion over the powers of darkness in the earth because because we live in the United States, we get tunnel vision and we're thinking, well, this is just about the United States. No, it's not. It's about Belgium. It's about Europe. It's about Australia. It's about Switzerland. It's about India. It's about all these other countries that have believers in them around the world that are hungry for revival, that have political corruption in their own nations just as we do. And so the church, I believe, is going to enter into a season to where we are going to take spiritual authority and dominion over the earth. I think it's going to last at least through the year 2024. This is why I'm convinced that that God is going to do something supernatural. I don't know what it is. I do know this, that our president was voted back in had over 80 million votes. So we need to lay that at rest, that he was voted back in and it was stolen. But the enemy always steals because he can't take something by authority that's recognized in heaven. So God doesn't honor doesn't honor the thief. Now, right now where we are, I, I'm getting so many emails. I, I had a man show up yesterday and, and um, he said, I'm watching online. And he said, I just felt like I had to come over and give our tithing check to this church. He doesn't go to church. And I uh, man, it's... It's amazing that God is stirring, but he said, Pastor, he said, will you pray for me? He said, I'm just, I'm sick in my heart and fear is getting a hold of me over this nation. All right. Whenever God is getting ready to do something great, he sticks to the pattern. Where we are spiritually right now, what we're seeing is there's great darkness in this nation. And I think I can explain why. Um, darkness is not something. It's the absence of something. It's the absence of light. So how did the darkness get in our nation? Well, the Bible says this, the church is the light of the world. The church got lazy. We got drunk on prosperity. We got rid of the cross. We got rid of the blood. We got rid of messages about discipline and Self and, and crucifying the old man and we embraced a gospel about your dreams, your hopes, the best house, the new car and we let the enemy and what happened was the light went out. Well right now what's taking place by the Spirit of the Lord God's getting ready to light the lamp of the church. The Bible says the Lord will light my candle and he will enlighten my darkness. And God is looking for some mature men and women that will pass the test just like Jesus did, just like John the Baptist did. And so the first thing that happens, whether it was with Adam or the last Adam, Jesus Christ, is the devil knows because we are protected by the blood, he cannot legally take our authority. So he's trying to get you and I to advocate and give away the authority that you and I have by, as believers. You say, well, then how, how does that happen? Because we are in a season right now that believers 
foundation is being shaken by the bombardment of unbelief. In the hour that we're in right now, you got to hold on and not doubt the word of the Lord. The second thing he's doing is he's making us question who we are. We're not some little spineless group of people that sing hymns once a time on Sunday and, and read the Bible every once in a while. Listen, you and I are mighty in God. We are the body of Christ. We have the authority, not the devil, not government. We have the authority. And it's up to you and I to pray the will of God in. And so in this season that we're in, um, God is doing something different. And one of the things that the Lord is doing right now is he has loosed a spirit of Elijah in the land. And all the focus right now that people are thinking about is prophecy. The word of the Lord that was prophesied, is it right? Is it wrong? But prophecy always has to come because God is declaring something. And whenever God steps onto the scene, he does it in a time where it doesn't look possible. Always there's great spiritual darkness and the enemy is ruling and reigning. Well, you and I, we've not advocated our authority. Jesus Christ took the authority back that Adam gave up through betrayal and gave the advantage to the devil. Jesus took that back. And we are still in the dispensation of grace. And so you and I are feeling the pressure, but listen, God has already determined the outcome. He's just trying, trying to find out who's going to stand with me in this hour. So don't let the enemy make you question who you are. Don't let him make you question the word of God. Believe the prophets and you shall prosper. Understand the patterns of God because God is in control. Thank you so much for being with us today. If you would like to hear a rebroadcast of the Network Live, visit knelradio.com or find our podcast on iTunes and podbean.com. To follow more news, insights, and stories, follow the Network Live on Facebook. If you would like more information about being a guest on the Network Live, contact us at thenetworklive.org. The Network Live will be back next week at 10 a.m. right here on KNEO Radio 95.3 FM and KNEOradio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.